Hi, my name is Dr. Jose Saldivar, and this is the First Year Experience Podcast. Uh, joining me this morning is... Uh, yeah. uh, my name is Javier Colazos. And I'm Colin Charlton. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me this morning. Um, today we're going to talk about resilience, and particularly how... Um, well, my hope is that we give some advice to our students, right? As they think about resilience, we're, we're getting to that point in the semester, and, and I know, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, um, you know, students are taking midterms or just done with midterms and maybe aren't doing as well as they'd hoped. Maybe other things are kind of starting to cause stress in their lives. And, and so what kinds of advice kinds of pieces of advice can we give our students as they head into the home stretch of the semester? <laughs> what you, what you <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing to offer. <laughs> um, I'm just reshifting gears or shifting gears because I just came from um, our first year writing Compacon activity which is basically built to do what you just said. And so I'm trying to think about like how that actually helps students. So I would say that students at that event, they come to the library and they work with um, faculty on their research ideas, but they have to present themselves to the faculty. And what I've been noticing over the last few days is that what I'm really doing is helping students become individually invested in what's going on in their projects mm -hmm. and their stuff at school because they are like we're all at that moment even my faculty and me I'm just it's like can I get to fall or summer even I take summer right now because there's so much stuff I still have to do that I haven't done and spring break will be nothing but work for me because I'm behind and yeah. I'm feeling everything that a freshman through a senior feels right now but those students over there like they come to you and they say like I need help with this and my teacher may have told me I can't do this way or I need a smaller project or something like that and they're just filled with negativity it's just like just coming out of their pores and I'm the guy that's like that's such a cool project let's talk about how you could do that and they're like what we're gonna and then they get all excited so I don't know how you can I don't know if my advice is that great because my advice is kind of like find some really great people who can make you excited again <laughs> Because hopefully you have those people at UTRGV and they're your teachers, yeah. but teachers are people too and they're not always excited and not everyone is that high energy type of person. So I would say just in general, whether it's your friends or your family or your instructors, hopefully eventually it will be your instructors or colleagues that you know from mm -hmm. somebody else, like maybe they know you, but yeah. you're not their teacher or something is you've got to find somebody who can help you get excited again about all the work that you have to do. Because it is work, but it should be fun. It should be fun, right? Yeah. I say that in a very low voice, like I'm scared someone's going <laughs> to come after me, right? But it's supposed to be fun and rewarding, and we get tired. And the reward is really hard to see, especially for students, because they're trying to get a degree, and they can't see the reward way, way off. Yeah. Um, so investment. They have to find people who can help them discover or rediscover their investment again so that they have the energy because I can't have all the energy for all of them. Wow. I would love to. Yeah, no, no, I no. Would, I, and, I, and if we ever find someone who does, we're going to take them and lock them up and make them give <laughs> us their energy like little energy vampires. But um, 
um, yeah, I, they need to find some, they need to find their people, but they need to find them now. So, <laughs> not later. <laughs> what, so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I said way advice. too much. No, it no, made no, no, no sense. No, it made perfect sense. It made so much sense, right? Uh, and some incredibly timely advice, right? Finding the people who, um, who are going to give you that energy, the people that are going to, that are going to inspire you and, and, and make you enjoy what you're doing again. But it also, it sounds like even as a faculty member, right? Like you, like we get to this point where, you know, you said spring breaks, spring breaks, you know, in the, it's in nothing days, to me. Spring is, break is, is dead nothing. to me. I'm working, right? I, I've got to catch up. Yep. Where do you find your resilience? Oh, probably with people like you and him. I mean, honestly, like I, I think I married my resilient partner because mm-hmm. I tend to be depressed and have issues with follow through and momentum. I know that nobody who knows me would believe that, mm-hmm. but like I go until I go and then I crash. Yeah. And I've always been like that since I was a tiny kid. Um, so I married someone who balances me out that way, who has momentum when I don't. Yeah. So yeah, there's my advice. Go marry someone who's a good compliment. <laughs> don't find an opposite, find a compliment. Cause yeah. those are very different things. But like we like, I think that me and Javi have a different relationship than a lot of faculty because we talk about stuff. Like even I, I worked for him and I did projects for him and I feel like doing this with you, mm-hmm. I do this with you because you're in Jonica's like area. Yeah. But Jonica was also the person who said like, you should work with Jose and I think you might like doing stuff like he's doing. I think you guys would get along. Nobody wants to talk about that, but that's really the way faculty exist, yeah. is that we, we have people tell us who we'd work well with, and we go find those people. And I continue working with Javi because of those reasons, um, because I like it, because it actually makes me feel like I know what I'm doing, even if I don't. And it makes me not feel bad about working all of spring break. <laughs> even when I say it out loud, I feel terrible, but yeah. So finding those people. I think we have to find our people. I think we have to find our people too. We have our staff, like you surround yourself with the people that somebody told me yesterday, it may have been my, the admin in our Dean's office. She did something. It was something small. And I was like, Oh my God, you are the queen of the universe right now. And she's like, no, I just surround myself with people who make me look smart. That's what I've always (laughs) done. And I was like, I don't really, you know, you can't do that anyway. (laughs) Like I don't have, I don't have the money in the world and time to hire all the smart people. Um, but I think I surround myself with people who are invested in ways that I can respect and recognize. Yeah. And that keeps me alive and keeps me having energy and makes me want to do this job. And sometimes it's students, sometimes it's you guys, sometimes it's your admin in your office mm-hmm. who just makes you feel like you're part of a team on a day when you need to feel like part of a team. Yeah. Um, I don't think faculty and students either group has a lot of that. I don't. No, maybe they do. Like I haven't been a student in a while, so I guess student orgs do part of that too, right? Yeah. But um, most of a student's life is an hour and fifteen minute chunks, and you walk into that class, and it's up to Javi as the teacher to make that class zing. And even if he does a fantastic job, hour and ten minutes go by, and everybody's getting ready to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the, the relationships that we have with students and faculty are, are chunked up. Um, 
I know that they go on for long periods of time, but they're not that they, you don't live them with them, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I, I I love all the everything you, you shared. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make you feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel and that you're resilient? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did it just make you go? I guess it helps me see that you know we're not alone. <laughs> I think I know when I was a student, I thought faculty were perfect, uh -huh. healthy, but I think like you said, we, we struggle too. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't, I won't give advice, but what I would tell students is to find what works for them uh -huh. based on some of the stuff we know in research. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think two things come to mind. Uh, one, to, rem to, to remember why they're here. You know, when, when times get tough, uh, midterms, it's very easy to forget why, why we're here on at the university, what are our career goals, our education goals. So if they're um, struggling, um, perhaps thinking about the bigger picture um, might help them. And the second one is, I know in UNIV, at least in some classes, you all talk about growth mindset. Mm -hmm. I know I was walking mm -hmm. around and somebody had the book, they were about to talk about growth mindset. I would tell them to listen very carefully to that <laughs> conversation and apply it to their lives. Yeah. So it's changing how we think. It's not, um, I can't do it. It's, I can't do it yet, yeah. right? And I know it's not that easy, but um, changing how we think would really dictate our behavior and our feelings, I think. Okay, all right, thank you. One thing that both of you mentioned, um, sort of this long-term resilience, right? You said the students, for the students there, the reward is so far down the road. Mm -hmm. And so for them, it's just trying to get through the day-to-day. -day. And so some of the advice is you want to have a growth mindset, right? Being positive, thinking about your own, your own thoughts. Right? Uh, Colin, you suggested surrounding yourself with good people, positive people, people that are going to support you. How do we sustain that? You know, for our students, right? They're looking down the road. They're looking two or three years down the road, maybe four years down the road. And, and right now is tough. How do we get them to kind of get, to get that kind of perspective? Well, that's, I mean, that's a great question. I think it's a, it's a I, mean, I hate saying battle, but it, it is. It's a daily grind, it's a daily struggle. So I, I just recently got my license, and when I used to, a counseling license, uh -huh. when I used to counsel people, <laughs> I was like, I know. Have you not been driving? Yeah, <laughs> I know. sorry. I mean, that's cool and all. My, but my, my license to counsel. <laughs> When I used to work with people, I would ask them something like that. Um, when, was the last, when was the last time you did this, this, and this? Right. And a lot of people who are struggling, they don't do the things that make them happy every day. Yeah. So mm -hmm. simple advice is find out what, what makes you happy. Find out those people who help you. Keep them in your life every day. Why, why not? You, the, every day should be an opportunity to surround yourself with those people who make you feel well to remind yourself of the positive things in, in your life. I, I, I get that. I know it's not easy, but I think we need to remember that every day is an opportunity to reach out to those people. Mm -hmm. I know as faculty, I know you all know this, sometimes there's a little negativity for us. Yeah. <laughs> and our, my advice to myself is go to people who fill you with optimism and remind you of the joy in teaching, not 
Another group. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> about other things. <laughs> um, so that's what I would tell students that every day reminders it's a choice. Yeah. Of what you're thinking and who you surround yourself with. I would say so you go out and you buy yourself a t-shirt that says change sucks and you wear it every day. Because <laughs> because faculty, like the majority of faculty at any university think that change sucks. The majority of students at any university, the majority of admin, the majority of um, service providers, change at a university is incredibly rough for them. Yeah. Even though like maybe 5% of us like me absolutely love change. Like if this job didn't provide the change and the opportunities that it does, I would not do this. I would do something else. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't probably make much money at it, but I'd do something else that allowed me to change and adapt on a yeah. daily basis because that's the way I thrive as a person, right? But I know that that's not what people need, especially to have long-term resilience. They don't need things changing all the time. So when you talk to faculty and you talk to students about changing the name of the university, changing the structure of the university, changing courses, you know, all that stuff, it just drives the majority of them crazy, right? So they live in that, that place where change is not a good thing, yeah. right? So you have to buy the t-shirt that says change sucks and then you have to go line through the sucks part or something because I would say that um, the hardest part of doing what Javi's talking about is you have this long-term need to see where you're going, but what you will often find when you talk to faculty and students is that they need that goal that's that long-term goal to be stable. Mm -hmm. It's the same way when we were just talking, I was just talking to a bunch of students about the research projects, right? Mm -hmm. And the biggest question that comes up in that group right before midterms is, but what if my research question changes? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's what it's about. Your research question should change every week if you have a good week. If you have a good research week, then that question has been tweaked. It has gone on to a next, another question or something. Something's happened. Yeah. But in, in their heads, rightfully so, it means that they have to start over. So my thinking is we have to train people to recognize that the change is normal and natural and organic. And it's not about starting over, it's about recognizing that that's your entire life. Your entire life is a string of moments where you thought you were gonna do X and then Y smacked you in the face. And you survived it, and then you reinvented your history when you got through it and you said, yes, I was gonna be a doctor, or I was gonna be this thing. I was gonna be a psychiatrist, and I got kicked out of school and I'm doing this gig. So there was a moment in my life where I could not see myself doing anything but being in a pre-med program at UT Austin and working towards being a psychiatrist one day. And when that died, everything in my world had to change and I felt like the world was over and then two days later I realized everything was still here. So we don't do a very good job. I don't know if it's a, I think it's a human thing. Like I don't think humans do a very good job of teaching people how to look back at their past uh -huh. and realize there were moments along the way where you thought this thing was gonna be where you were headed and it changed and you survived it, and you even became happy with it, but you don't keep track of those changes. Yeah. You keep track of the photographic moments, 
You take pictures of when the family's all together and smiling. You don't take pictures of, oh, we're having a fight. The kid's not doing well in college. He's going to go get a job because we're wasting our money. Let's take a picture of the whole family so we remember <laughs> this moment. But the fact is, that moment is way more important than you taking a picture in front of a, a scenic place yeah. when you were all together and fake smiling or even real smiling, right? Yeah. The moments that make us are the moments of drastic change. But we don't usually define ourselves because when somebody asks Kavi, what do you do? He says, I work at UTRGB or I'm a counselor or whatever. He doesn't say, I am a series of different changes throughout life that have been really traumatic at some points and really pleasant at others. Nobody says that. Yeah. I say I'm a writing teacher, which sounds like I knew what I was doing and I had a goal. And I don't think, I don't think we or human beings or students actually function that way. But I think we could do a better job. Like with the, with the growth mindset, I think we could do a better job helping students learn a reflective mindset where they can look back as well and say, because it's just growth mindset in reverse. It's when did I have a goal? How did that goal transform? And was I able to come through and have some kind of benefit afterwards? Okay, maybe that will happen again. I'm in a moment where I need some, where some drastic change is gonna happen and it feels like I'm gonna lose everything or it feels like I don't have control or whatever like that. You have moments like that all the time. And I think we, we bury them deep. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. for good reasons, maybe for good reasons. Sometimes they need to be buried, but I think sometimes they need to be, they, we need to realize that we are a series of changes and that we would do well to learn about how to project ourselves past those changes. So again, like the practical advice that comes out of that is, yes, I'm gonna graduate from UTRGV in three more years with a degree in political science, but other things are gonna happen and that may change and that's okay. It's okay to have a goal and be invested in it and know that you can that goal can change drastically and you will still survive. So we don't I don't think we do a very good job of teaching students how to deal with and function and live through survival as a normal thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we spend a lot of money in advising, mm -hmm. making sure students make the right choices early to try to prevent change. I'm not saying change is great in advising, but you know, you change your major 12 times. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you're not just shopping around. <laughs> but changing it a few times, or changing parts of it, or changing it strategically, that should happen, right? But we spend an awful lot of time giving students the language of can't, mm -hmm. because we want to try to prevent things from happening that we know are bad instead of teaching them how to survive things that are gonna happen that are not so great. Um, and I, you're probably way more, I mean, as a counselor, as someone with that background, you're way more attuned to how to help students do that. I'm just a writing teacher trying to, trying to help people when they need help, and that's it. But you have ideas about what students need to do and think and, and be in order to achieve that kind of stuff. So is, is thinking about ourselves as agents of change as opposed to thinking about ourselves as having a single goal is that even healthy or is it oh absolutely i think you said it's aligned with okay. counseling and it makes sense why you wanted to go into psychiatry because <laughs> you have Dang. A, <laughs> you have an understanding of the the human condition right. what 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 is effective yeah i would, I would agree with all that i love that uh, i wish um more of us in our roles as teachers thought that way because I know a lot of mm. faculty or teachers don't don't see that as anywhere near our role or don't know how to help. Well, yeah, they may not know how to help either. But actually. even just being aware of the importance of that is is very important. I love what you said 
of helping people reflect and how they think about change. Because mm. you're right, a lot of people do see change as, as bad, but change can be healthy and change can be good. It's just, it's not bad, it's just different. It's just changing yes, how you right. think. I, yeah, I don't think we do. You guys in UNIV have a way better ability to do it, right? Like, you have the ability to preach difference. Well, you, I mean... Yeah, no, I, I think... If you're talking about learning strategies, like, I can talk about writing, you can talk about education as our disciplines, but mm-hmm. you guys can talk about the role of difference as opposed to stability. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, like, I, I can't speak to all of my colleagues. I know for my, in my class sections particular... I, I always remind them that change is going to happen. Change, change is inevitable. And so we talk about the beginning of the class. We lay out kind of this is your life. These are the things that are sort of central to who you mm-hmm. are as a person, right? And then kind of how are these things going to impact your life, right? And so, you know, your your study habits, maybe you don't have the best study habits. Chances are you're not going to do well on that exam. Okay, so what do we what do we learn from that? How do we move on from that? You decide, I don't like this major. That's fine. Right. What are we going to do now? How do we move on from that? And that's okay. You may be getting pressure from mom and dad to do, to do this, but clearly that's not in your interest. And you're not happy about that. So let's figure. And so for me, I always remind them the most important thing I want them to get out of class are the skills that will help them deal with those changes. So they can be reflective yeah, yeah, and so they can yeah. say, this is going to happen. I'm going to be fine because, I, I'm, because I'm resilient, because I have all of these skills. I'll get to my goal eventually. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, all of this is resonating great with me. <laughs> I, I, and I think, I think about, yeah, we, I don't think we do enough of that with our students. And certainly... Um, well, it's not... A, I should probably I should probably reframe what I said before I get myself in trouble, right? Because <laughs> I think we do, I think we do a lot with student academic success. Oh, um, yeah. I think we do an awful lot for students. I mm-hmm. think we we don't. Yeah, it's not part of the normal conversation. Yeah. It's not part of the everyday conversation. So like when somebody asks me like, how do you know when you're doing a good job as a teacher? I always tell them. There was this one moment at my at, at where I got my PhD from, where I walked out of the building where I taught every day for four years, and students were talking about what we just talked about in class in a way that was like beyond the classroom. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they were having a moment where, oh, they loved Colin or something. They had just read a really difficult article, they had been talking about writing stuff, and they were just, they couldn't contain the conversation and it had jumped out into the world, right? They were talking about writing and they didn't care who heard. It was just normal part of every day, you know? Yeah. Instead of talking about where they were gonna eat lunch, they were talking about writing. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Because that just means I don't have to do my job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, mean, it means that I've done my job. It yeah. means that I fulfilled something. Yeah. Like they're talking about this stuff and they're taking it as a normal, everyday, regular thing they talk about. Yeah. Like study strategies or like um, emotional and, and mental well-being or any of that stuff. Yeah. Right. So I think we don't do enough. We haven't figured out a way to make it part of the normal conversation. The part of the normal conversation is progress to degree. Um, financial aid, all of these support mechanisms, but those in themselves aren't inherently about being a successful student. They are things that support success, but they aren't 
they aren't things that make talking like nobody talks about financial aid as a normal everyday thing. Yeah. But if you're in a culture where 95% of your students are on financial aid, it should be norm it should be like I don't understand this thing with financial aid. I wonder what I did wrong. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh dude, that guy over there knows it or or my friend in my other class just went through that. But no, when I hear conversations about financial aid, they're all on the down low. Yeah. Um, when I hear conversations about tutoring, it's all on the down low, right? So I don't know if it's us as an institution or just education in general, but we don't we don't do a good job of making survival and resilience a part of the everyday conversation. Otherwise, they could help each other mm-hmm. when we're not around. Yeah. Right. And we could we wouldn't need to help each other all the time because the conversation would be surrounding us. We'd be immersed in a discussion. Eh, that's normal. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Give us 10 years. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be talking about resiliency and we don't use the word or whatever. Right. But, um, yeah. Let me add to that. Cause I don't want to get in trouble either. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're all just being yeah. defensive. <laughs> but university. I don't so know. I, I agree. And I didn't, uh, I don't think it's I mean, UTRGV. It's the whole world. K through 12 is everywhere. The focus is on, well, now it should be safety first and then academics. But right. emotional well-being is is almost out here in left field sometimes. Yeah. Um, and even uh, Alyssa and I, my wife, when we were thinking of a new school for our daughter, the first thing was safety, and the next thing was academics. What if what if we re- reframe that and put growth mindset or learning right there with it? Not right. just academics, but but emotional emotional stuff. So I don't think it's just UTRGV, but I, I think my hope is one day. I know we were in that. University of Penn resilience training. I don't know if you were I there, but we were there. I would love to see some of those exercises oh, totally. embedded in normal conversation. It can be at the end of every class, one minute. What are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. Tonight, go hunt the good stuff, the positive in your right. life. That that would be so cool if that was embedded in normal conversation. But like Colin said, maybe in couple years i think you said 10 right yeah uh, i said i used to say five and then i used to say two a long time ago and now i'm like 10 i'm right. getting to be an old man like oh in 10 years we'll make all these changes so students yeah don't listen to that part that last part we we're really are more more hopeful um so okay so i you know i i kind of want to bring this to a close so you know i think we've we've touched on a number of different things right we touched on a couple of things for advice for students right We've talked about how maybe institutionally, and maybe it's it's it is a it's it's part of every institution, right? That we don't talk about it, that we don't talk about these things enough. Um, but if if you're gonna give, you've got one class today, and you're you're gonna give that class a piece of advice, just to get through the the, the rest of the semester, have a good semester. What are you telling them? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. And I wouldn't just tell them. I would tell them that I'm telling this to myself. I'm doing this myself too. Mm. Uh, I would tell them, I don't, I don't care how how uh, much work you have right now, family. You need to do something to rejuvenate your yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll tell them an example. I'll joke aside. Next week, just like you all, I have a lot of work. But next week, um, the college basketball tournament starts. Right, March Madness. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much work I have, I am going to <laughs> allocate time to watch those games because that brings me rejuvenation. Uh-huh. And the point of that is when I rejuvenate, I'll have more motivation yeah. to do the other stuff. So I would tell them, I don't care if it's one minute, five minute, whatever, do something that reju- rejuvenates you, whatever that is. 
well, I shouldn't say whatever. It should be legal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, moderation. And, yeah, and, and and hopefully good good for them, right? Healthy, right. right? Yeah. I would I would probably start with that. That's what I would tell them. Rejuvenate. Okay. Colin? I would, uh, other than the change sucks t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody makes one and gives it to me in the mailbox. Um, I would tell them don't wait. Just as just like as a as a nutshell, don't wait. If something is bothering you. If something is blocking you, if you've got um, an issue in your class, then you feel like you're not learning. Um, if you, like, I just had this conversation with um, our 18-year-old, um, and I and I think what I basically said last week was the time to talk to somebody about how you think things are going in your classes is the second after you decide you might not go to class for the first time. It's not two weeks later. And I know that's hard, and I know that it is almost counterintuitive, mm-hmm. because as someone who skipped lots of classes and got kicked out of school, I know what it means to avoid the thing that you're afraid of. But I have seen it way too many times, over and over and over and over again. If you just say something to somebody, you can fix most of those things, or you can start to address them almost immediately, and you can start to rejuvenate. You can be more. You will be more resilient if you do that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a habit of waiting, because you'll have more time, or you'll have more energy, or you'll feel less shame, that none of that ever happens. <laughs> that never happens to anyone. Yeah. What happens is it doesn't get taken care of. And so, whatever is going on in your life, whether it's school related or family related, doesn't mean that I can help you. It doesn't mean like if you talk to me and Javi or you that you necessarily solve the problem. It means that you put it out there and you've articulated it and you've made it real and you're willing to admit that something could be done to make things better than they are. And those conversations need to happen with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues, with your coworkers, with your mentors, whoever you can. Just don't wait if you feel like there's something that you need to figure out. We're at a learning institution. That's all we do is figure stuff out. There's the t-shirt. Yeah. Except it wouldn't say stuff. It'd say something else. But, you know, FS, oh, whatever that is. Um, But I think you need to, they need to jump on it. So they need to embrace the, they really need to embrace the rejuvenation and time off and decompression. But they also need to engage at a moment's notice so that they don't put things off. So they don't let things snowball, basically. Awesome. And um, I don't think we, I don't know, I didn't ask you last time, but what would you tell your students? Because we, we want to learn from yeah, you. Yeah, you're. Oh, man, putting me on the spot now. Um, you're in the class called Learning Framework. I am, and I've, I've got to go tell them something this afternoon, right? Right. Um, I think, um, I, think I, I, I would tell them to embrace change. Uh, and to realize that, that it, you know, in the next, you know, when we get back from spring break, we're, we're talking about goal setting. And just to remind them that the change is, is inevitable and it happens and and just to embrace it and just sort of prepare yourself for it. And and because maybe you didn't get the grade that you wanted on an assignment or you're having doubts about the major or even having some sort of difficulties at home, that's okay. And you can get past it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't freak out. You can actually get past it and thrive and be better off. Exactly. I mean, that's the. I know you can't see it. That's no. the trick, is right yeah. trying to convince somebody when they can't see where the change is going to lead them. But maybe yeah. that's our job is to 
say, someday you'll be sitting at a table thinking about March Madness next week. <laughs> and life will be good. And, yeah. and, and you'll think, oh, it was that moment <laughs> that made it, this it, happen. It, yeah. It shows yeah. you where my head's at right <laughs> <laughs> Well, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you again thank for you. joining me. Uh, this concludes this episode of the First Year Experience Podcast. Please check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. And we'll see you next time. All right. Take care, everyone.